Welcome to another episode of Civic Cypher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. Mm-hmm. He calls me Q-War most of the time. Indeed. You guys are tuned in to Civic Cypher. Welcome back, y'all. Um, stick around. A lot in store for you today. A lot to talk about. A lot of things been uh, up in the news. Not the least of which is Gilbert, or rather the comic strip creator uh, for the Dilbert comics. And... Um, some of his comments that have resulted in him being dropped by newspapers across the country. Um, we're going to get into that and break that down and figure out the whys and potential sources. And of course, do our best to educate you how to interact with folks who might feel as frustrated as he does and feel like, you know, that is whatever. We'll, we'll tell you the whole story. Stick around for that. Um, also, we have to talk about CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference that uh, took place recently. And these new candidates who will be running for the GOP nomination, uh, this is a space that we function in as well. And so it's our job to kind of brief you on what things may come. Um, Some are familiar and some maybe you don't know too much about. So all that, and of course, we're going to be uh, doing our Way Black History Fact. This time, we're going to be talking about something I didn't know about. I came across this piece of information, and I'm happy to share our Way Black History Fact. Uh, A bomb that was set off deliberately in Philadelphia that killed uh, 11 black folks, um, five of whom were children. So there's a whole story there, and uh, that and so much more for you to stick around for um but first and foremost like we always do at this time let's uh check out some ebony excellence how does that sound to you cute shall we shall so this week's ebony excellence is sponsored by hip-hop weekly media and we are going to be shouting out a lady another lady i didn't know too much about named charlene vivian stringer um what's her what's she known by professionally known as c vivian Stringer. that's it okay she's an athlete and cute kind of knows about athletes stuff. anyway she's an american former basketball coach and she holds one of the best coaching records in the history of women's basketball she was a head coach of the rutgers university women's basketball team from 95 until her retirement in 2022 uh stringer is the first coach in ncaa history to lead three different women's programs to the ncaa final four um Rutgers how do I say that Rutgers Rutgers that's it uh in 2000 and in 2007 the University of Iowa in 1993 and Cheney State College which is now Cheney University of Pennsylvania in 1982 she is the fifth winningest coach in women's basketball history and she was honored as the Naismith College Coach of the Year for Women's Basketball in 93 and she's a member of the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. She was elected to the Basketball Hall of Fame in April 2009 and was inducted in September of that year. Um, on February 26, 2013, Stringer won her 900th game, becoming only the fourth coach in women's basketball history to reach that mark. And she's about to have her 75th birthday. And she is decidedly ebony excellence and from what i understand uh, and how she came to our attention here is that she took a group of 
women from an HBCU to the championship very early in her career when she wasn't even a coach. She just kind of volunteered for that program. So a lot of success stories in her lifetime and we're happy to celebrate her. So, yeah. Now, um, before we get into this serious question, did you ever really read the Dilbert comics? I've never read the Dilbert comics, but they are so excessively popular that I've seen them. Sure. You're familiar with them. I want to say millions of times, but that sounds like too many. Mm -hmm. I know what you mean. I'm being hyperbolic on purpose. Yeah. Though. I've seen them in any yeah, amount of part times. of. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I it. Um, I recognize that some of our listeners might not have grown up in a world where newspapers were popular. Um, so Dilbert is a newspaper comic. It's basically like a one frame cartoon or four frame cartoon or whatever, where you look at this image and then the next one next to it and so forth all the way through. And it tells you a story. Um, and Dilbert was about a guy who worked in an office space and often had issues with office politics or office life or whatever. And it was a comic. So it was meant to be funny or, you know, bring up some attention about or something like that it wasn't a political cartoon per se it was just making light of kind of satirical life. though right right so um this is how we came to know dilbert as a part of you know popular culture um but i would never go as far as to say that dilbert spoke to my reality you know, uh, by the time I got old enough to start trying to read newspapers every day for content, you know, phones were out and you could just look at a phone. And I so I didn't really come across Dilbert for the sake of enjoying it. I just was generally familiar with it. Um, but the illustrator uh, and the, the creator of this comic had some. Some uh, interesting things to say recently, we're going to get into that in just a moment. And. What he said, there are some people out there that, defend, that defended it because taken at face value, you might not know exactly what he was trying to say or what he was trying to get at. And the world is full of ignoramuses and people who insist on being the victim and who insist on seeing other people who demand equality as playing the victim, right? And we have a classic example of that here. And that's why we wanted to talk about this today. Um, because we know that this might be making the rounds in your world, or maybe it already has. And without context, a person might look at what he's saying and say, well, I could see that. Or, well, maybe there's a point. And we're here to educate you and to paint the picture, right? They got to be doing some stretching. Sure, sure. We know that. Mental we, gymnastics. But, but you, you, you and I both know that. But, you know, people who don't live this life and, you know, read what we read, know what we know, have the experience we have, they might, that it might not be as far of a stretch for them. Because, again, accepting certain things at face value, that's all you know. There's no context. There's no nuance. There's nothing else to it. And so we're happy to share with you. So let me read um, a bit. Uh, this comes from NPR.org. I like saying the names of our sources so you know kind of where we're picking from. And if you need a different type of balance, be our guest. But we're letting you know our starting point. Um, so I'll read. Uh, the fallout was sparked by a YouTube live stream posted February 22nd where Adams, who is the guy who creates the Dilbert comic, referenced a Ma Rasmussen poll 
that found only a slim majority of black Americans agreed with the statement, it's okay to be white. Adams went on to accuse black Americans of being, quote, a hate group and advised white people to, quote, get away from them. Okay. Um, but cartoonists say Adams has a long history of spewing problematic views. In the past, Adams has inaccurately described people who are not vaccinated against COVID as the real winners of the pandemic. He also questioned the accuracy of the Holocaust death toll. Another of Adams' claims is that he had lost most, multiple job opportunities for being white. All right, so let's stop here for a quick tick. Okay. Um. Now, the other, his other idea, political ideas about the vaccine, about, you know, the way the world is working or whatever, kind of paints a picture of maybe who he is, probably seems like a solitary dude, uh, maybe gets his information from one source, maybe two. The the lesser right-leaning of the two would probably be Fox News. Um, and has insisted has has determined rather that um the world is against him or his kind in particular you know mm -hmm. there there's there's a lot of folks out there who straight white christian men are like yo we're under attack right and they feel that way and and whether or not it, we believe it's founded we have to acknowledge that that is true and on this show we've always done this that we acknowledge that that is true you feel that way and we acknowledge that you are our brothers. No matter what, you are our brothers, right? And now, I'm acknowledging that you're tripping. And trip. Of course, you're tripping. That's that goes without saying. But you know, we can't dismiss people. We wouldn't want that happening to us. We can't do that to anyone else. And we have to acknowledge, okay, this is your reality and approach it accordingly, right? So let me go through this again, uh, at least the first part. Um, again, for folks that don't know any better to take it at face value. Him saying that this Rasmussen poll found only a slim majority, again, majority, most black people, according to the Rasmussen poll, feel or rather agree with the statement, it's okay to be white. Then he looks at, well, the rest of the black people, almost half, disagree with that. This is his determination based on that one little bit of information. Um. And then he goes on to say the black people are a hate group. White people need to get away from them. Okay. So if those are the facts, you can say, well, shoot, if he feels that way and that poll is accurate and blah, 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 then he's, he's off the deep end. But I see how he could reach that conclusion. Whether or not you agree with it is not in question. You could see how a person could go from reading this one poll to, to that conclusion. I, or at least I could see him going crazy based off of that. The thing is, I know better. So... I'm going to help you to know better as well. I'll start. First off, Rasmussen poll. Very, very right-leaning uh, poll. Very right-leaning. They're known for that, right? Um, a slim majority is still a majority. Um, but remember, there's when, when people do polling, there's, you know, do you agree with this statement? Do you disagree with this statement? And often enough, there is... Uh, don't know enough about the statement to respond or have no response or, you know, offer no, you know, whatever. So in his determination that nearly half black people disagree with this, um, it doesn't account for 
the people who refuse to respond, you know, et cetera. Another thing that we don't. Nearly half of the black people that were polled and responded. That could be 17 people. There you go. I'm not saying that's so, but just again. Yeah. To and and where, where were those people from? Yeah. You know, exactly. Are they from the South where they where they've had really a rough time with, you know, racial relations and so forth? But here's the thing that is, I think, the most important thing for everyone to know about. When you ask the statement, it's okay. When you uh, ask people if it's if it's okay to be white, that's very similar to asking, like, okay, do you agree with the statement? Let me ask you a question, Q. Do you agree with the statement "Black Power"? That's uh, so it's an honest question. You can say no if, if you don't. But do you agree with the statement "Black Power"? If someone said "Black Power," would you be like, "Yeah, man, that's fine." Yes. Okay. Cool. Um, now, if somebody came and said "White Power," how would that make you feel? Is it a different Sing single word answer? Because that statement is very, very problematic. That that's all I needed. That's all I needed. That was a perfect answer. Okay. So watch this. The reason why Black Power is different from white power is because white power is rooted in the oppression of black people, the, the, the statement. And black power is meant to galvanize and energize and fortify a movement and idea of black people pursuing equality, pursuing fairness, pursuing, you know, representation, etc. Right? So the, the spirit behind the statement it's very different, even though you just change black to white in the black power and white power. I want to take it a step further, if I may. I am a part of a group. I've said this on the show before. I'm a part of a group um, on Reddit. And this group is the opposition. You know, we we do a show here where we do our best to have conversations um, black conversations, and oftentimes we share this stage with our AAPI brothers and sisters, our Hispanic brothers and sisters, our Native brothers and sisters, our LGBTQIA plus brothers and sisters. Um, we've even had officers chime in on the show here, and and we find and spouses. We find exactly. I remember that. Yeah, and we find that those systems that the officers subscribe to are very problematic, right? But we do recognize that brotherhood is central and and fellowship and, and love is central to our mission here on this show, right? However, I need to know what people who don't subscribe to that philosophy are saying and doing and how they feel. So rather than just subscribe to a bunch of like pro-Hispanic, pro-Black you know, LGBTQIA positive, you know, um, you know, uh, neck shark for my AAPI brothers and sisters, you know, all those things where I get my information. I also subscribe to people who would be very much opposed to even the fellowship that we try to create, uh, the environment that we try to create on the show. And one such um, subscription that I have is through Reddit and it's called It's Okay to Be White. I've been a member as long as I've been on this show. When did we make this show? In 20, September of 2020, right? Mm -hmm. 
ever since then I've been on in in that uh, group in that subreddit, just a fly on the wall, just reading all these things that these very very conservative, often you know very masculine energy behind a lot of the posts. Um, what they feel, why they feel like the world is crumbling around them, why they feel they're under attack, being replaced, why black people are all criminals and ugly and whatever, whatever it is that they think that's worth posting that day. It's all there. And in my estimation, it is a bona fide racist group. It is a group where racist people can go and celebrate and share their racist ideas with each other and have a sense of community. Right. Um, and because they're doing it out in front of people and because they don't use the N word, um, because it's moderated, you know, or I, I don't know that Reddit allows that language or whatever, but because they don't do that, they can tell themselves that they're not racist. They're just dealing with the real, right? But it in effect is, is that it is very, very extremely mean spirited. It is not rooted in fellowship and growth and togetherness and building. In fact, it's rooted in the opposite. Now you can't tell me otherwise because I've been a member for years. Okay. Now the name of that group, once again, it's okay to be white. Now we talked about the spirit of a statement. Okay. White power versus black power. I got another one for you, Q. You're going to love this one. Our listeners are going to love this one, especially the ones that know. Black lives matter. What does that mean? It is an affirmation of a oppressed, marginalized group's right to simply exist. Important to point out, not even to pursue happiness, not even to thrive, not even to live a full life, just to exist. Hmm. Because the world around them is constantly trying to drive home the idea that those lives are without worth and that they're meaningless and that their pain and their loss of life means nothing to the greater community around them. Masterful. Masterful. Now, you know what's coming next, right? White lives matter. Okay, so remember the last question he asked mm -hmm. and the last statement that he said? No, they don't. No, they don't. All that stuff you just said, no. And then that's all. That's the only reason that phrase even exists. You know, the last phrase you asked about and the answer you gave, no. That's the only reason that no. white lives matter no, exists. No, period. Like, yeah. All that stuff you just said, no. Mm -hmm. So, So the point here is that Oftentimes, these statements are rooted in the oppression, the, the subjugation, the silencing, the disenfranchisement of marginalized people, in this case, black people. So if you were to poll black people similarly and say, um, is white power a concept you can get behind? You might get similar results to this Rasmussen poll. You know, if you polled black people, and ask them, do white lives matter? 
in principle, the language, absolutely. Is it okay to be white? The language, absolutely. But the spirit behind the statement is something very different. Of course, it's okay to be white. Of course, white lives matter. I, I Like, it's the weirdest thing that sometimes we have to say that to remind people, like, yeah, we, we, we love human beings. You know, we, we just don't like the spirit behind these things, these statements that rise up in opposition to the group that really needs the affirmation. It's, it's not even thinly veiled racism. It is out loud in front, in the middle of the street racism. And, you know, far be it for me to call something that when it's not, but that's what it is. But when, it, but when it is, there it is. Call it that. What else am I supposed to say? There has never been a need to even ask a question. Is it okay to be white to black people? As though black people have some control over that. The, the nature of the question is silly. But what they do is they divorce the spirit of the statement from the language. Right. They divorce the spirit of that intention. And that's what happened with this guy that does the Dilbert thing, because the media that has fed that to him, in this case, Rasmussen, has not provided proper context. Intentionally. There you go. And because of their right-leaning nature, they're sowing additional division. It may as well say, like I said, it may as well say, do you agree with the statement, white power? Because most folks are going to be like, no. Do we want white people to be empowered as human beings? Sure, we want all human beings to be empowered. But that statement, that particular phrase doesn't mean what you're trying to pass it off as, Rasmussen. And you know that. And then, mistake. and then this guy is particularly susceptible to it because the world around him has told him that He's losing as a result of very natural changes, human changes, evolution of, you know, population, culture, et cetera. You know, I, I looked up uh, the definition of conservative and, or, and some of the sentiment, synonyms. Uh, one of them said stick in the mud. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I was like, whoa. And that's not me. You look it up yourself. Stick in the mud. Like I have I don't want anything to change. Well, the only constant is change, sir. Allow me to continue reading. Um, after receiving widespread pushback for his offensive rant, Adams described himself as getting canceled. The cartoonist argued that he is simply being held accountable for his remarks. Quote, by Adams saying he's been canceled, it's him not own owning up to his responsibility for the things he has said and the effect they have on other people, said Ward Sutton, who has contributed illustrations to the New York Times, The New Yorker and Rolling Stone. He goes on. Uh, he's trying to turn himself into a victim when he himself has been a perpetrator of hate, Sutton added. He said newspapers are not obligated to run Dilbert, and they have the editorial right to cut ties with Adams if they no longer want him as a voice in their paper. All right, now this next uh, little piece comes from Yahoo. Uh, quote, it's almost entirely white people that canceled me. It might be entirely because they're the ones that own the publishing companies and the newspapers. Um he told News Nation's Chris Cuomo in an interview. Uh, he goes on to say, Black America is actually completely fine, both conservative and liberal, if they see the context, he added, citing people who contacted him about the fiasco. 
In the wake of the, his controversial video, Adams has stood by what he said and even received support from people who are frustrated by what they call cancel culture, including billionaire Elon Musk. Of course. Ooh. So. The guy who increased the use of the N-word by like 5,000%. Of course you got support from him. You see what I'm saying? So you're starting to see these people who are very powerful, these people with voices, these people who are um, influential. They have platforms and they really feel this way. And you, our listener, need to know the context in case you don't have it, because we feel like you might end up in places where you can actually start to have important conversations and start to shift the narrative at the dinner tables with your family around Thanksgiving dinner and, and, you know, on road trips with your, your friends from college that might, maybe they grew up a little different, you know? So understanding nuance, context, you know, and the opposite side of a conversation, I think fills in some really meaningful gaps. Uh, we're going to come back after a quick tick, but we're going to talk more about Elon Musk and of course, the rest of these folks.